Good Wednesday evening. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkies. Wednesday, wind up alive. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG coming through with something special tonight. And I, I call it special because we've talked about this, you know, as a group uh, periodically mm, for the last year and a half, two years. Maybe it's been that long. Maybe it's not. But uh, we talked about putting people on the hot seat, asking them the questions that we want to hear, you know, asking them the penetrating questions that that, that, that you want to hear their opinion on. And the thing is, I said, who better to be the first one to sit? on the hot seat than the man that writes the checks himself. And that's the boss BJ. I said, it's, it's nobody else that could be better on the hot seat than them. Not a soul, not nasty soul. So he'll be joining me very, very shortly. Uh, got some questions for him from NBA to NFL to life in general, because that's just what we give you here at Sideline Junkies. All right. Um, but let me throw in some things while we waiting on the boss, BJ. Let me throw in some things. We did the, well, I did the 53-man roster uh, on Sunday. 44 out of 53. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I'm proud of that. Uh couple of surprises um Jimmy Moreland being cut was a surprise uh Troy Apke being kept was a surprise uh who else uh, David Mayo getting cut um but a lot of guys came back on the practice squad so that's all good um what else do we have? <laughs> of course. Mm, mm, mm. Bishop Sycamore versus IMG Academy. Gee, me Christmas. Oh, Lord. That has been dominating the news crawl uh, for the last two days or so. So, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start at that. Uh, ESPN got to take some... They got to take some some of the heat from that. I, I'm I'm gonna have to say that they're gonna have to take some of the heat. Uh, but the coach has been fired. Apparently, he has arrest warrants. There was another player, former player, that came out and was saying that they were robbing stores and things like that. And he, this dude has been running around bouncing checks, not paying for stuff. I'm like, man. I mean, the internet is a powerful thing. It's very very powerful. Uh, ESPN could hit the Google button because this team has nothing on their on the school website. They don't have an address. They don't have anything. So I'm I'm keeping a close eye on that. But one thing I can say, and you know, we just got to use this until we can't use it no more. You know, people say, well, "Where did you play ball?" They're telling you played at Bishop C uh, Sycamore Academy. 
you know, in Ohio. That's where I used to coach at. I used to coach at Bishop Sycamore. I, I coached there back in 2019. Who going to tell me I'm lying? You can't even tell me where this school's located. Who going to tell me I'm lying? You know? And that's the way I feel about that. I'm like, hell, we can use that because, you know, Tommy from Martin worked there. He's a counselor. So, hey, the Wrap It Up podcast, my main man, he said he was the athletic director. you damn right. He was my boss back in 2019. When I coached at, at, at Sycamore, he, he at Bishop Sycamore, he was my athletic director. Lady C was the drama teacher. So, you know, we can just put that on our resumes and just run with that. Who who, who you going to call the fact check? Lady C said she was even a soccer coach. Who you going to call the fact check? Who you going to call? I say we use that to our advantage. You know? So, uh, waiting on the boss, BJ. Um, he should be joining us shortly. Because this is this is his night. This is his interview, his night. Uh, I, I got to find my book. I got to find my book. Uh, somebody help me. Somebody help me. Oh, stat boy. I need the old book of records, the black and white one, please. I don't know what I did with it. I can't find the old hallowed great book of records. Um, damn. Ah. When he picked it up and he showed it to me, it just a golden light just shined off of it. Um, Sunday night. Ah, flip that. I made some bold predictions about my Washington football team. Uh, one bold prediction was 12 and five, you know, 17 game season, 12 and five. Uh, they'll lead the league in sacks, four defensive touchdowns. Uh, Fitzpatrick will throw for 4,000 yards. Antonio Gibson will run for 1,100. Uh, and the offense will have 2,000 yard receivers. So those are my bold predictions for my Washington football team. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the man of the hour, who we've been patiently waiting on with bated breath, the former principal of Bishop Sycamore in Ohio, the boss, BJ. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. Just trying to get myself together, that's all. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, you, you sound like you, you're in need of some sleep, and I know you're busy. I know it's a lot going on, and I'm I'm glad you came home to take this time out to be the pretty much the first person to sit on this sideline junkie's hot seat. So I ain't gonna hold you too long. I know you gotta get ready for work tomorrow and things like that. So, brother. You paid me to ask the the, the pick it go. First question of the night. We're gonna stick to the NFL. Now, there's been some things said about uh cuts being made in Jacksonville, but not only Jacksonville, Atlanta and different teams. Uh what do you think about the COVID protocols? You think it's right that players are being cut because they won't get vaccinated? I mean, yeah, you know. For me, I think it it should be your choice whether you want to put something into your body or not. You know, like I'm no doctor. You know, I'm not a vaccine expert. But if um, if you're you're putting something into your body and it's still transmissible, 
you know, it should be your choice. And then you don't know what people's, uh, you don't know what people's underlying health conditions could be with their religious beliefs all have before the, and the, that was important, you know, people's religious beliefs and stuff. It seems like none of that's important. Um, uh, I think it's wrong. I think it sets a precedent for what's going to come down the pike for, you know, our companies for, you know, what's, you know, as far as us being forced to do things like that. But um, when you make, when you have your company, you get to make your rules and the NFL runs their company and it's, they get to run it the way they want to run it. We have our show so we can debate how they're running it. If we agree with it, I definitely don't agree with it. Uh, but that's the NFL's rules, and pretty soon it's, uh, I think it's going to be mandatory. I think a couple of clubs, uh, I know a couple of clubs, baseball clubs already have it mandatory. I guess not even a choice. So it is what it is, KG. I understand that. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to give a rebuttal because this is your time, so I'm not going to take up any time of it. But I, I, I agree with you 100% there. Second question, sticking with the NFL. Cam Newton, cut from the Patriots. Um, a lot of people feel that that was COVID-19 related, but Cam really wasn't performing. Uh, he didn't really perform well last season when healthy. He didn't perform very well in the preseason this year. Do you think he'll catch on with a another team by week one? Um, probably not. Um, I, I think it's fifty-fifty. I'm not gonna say probably. I'm, I'm on. A, I'm on the fence fifty-fifty because there's a lot of teams that could use him in a backup role especially a lot of these teams that have very fragile starting quarterbacks that need insurance. Um, I definitely, you know, something that Cam said, he's, he's definitely not 32. When you talk about 32 teams in a league, who's the worst quarterback? I think it's definitely five to 10 teams that Cam could start on now. <clears throat> but with that being said, you have to factor in um, people's salaries. And somebody I've, a quarterback I've loved for a long time but hasn't been performing is Kirk Cousins. But you can't justify him not starting because of the money he makes. He makes guaranteed money. So there's other factors that come into the equation when you're talking about um, what quarterbacks are, you know, Cam could replace. You got rookies that just got drafted that, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, that's his spot. They're not, you know, that's why they got rid of Gardner Minshew. That's his. They're giving him that team. They're going to give him his time to develop. You have the uh, the Jets quarterback, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. He, you know, he's not going to these places. Um, <clears throat> two teams that 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 for me to make sense. I think Denver could make sense. I think he's better than anything that that Denver has coming up right now. And Indianapolis, Indianapolis lost Carson Wentz. You know, Cam steps out. I mean, I, I think it's like nobody remembers this guy as an MVP. And I think it's – well, he got signed to the Patriots late last season. So, he, you know, had to learn that playbook. 
coming in there now, he gets cut late in the season where – well, late in the preseason where it's hard to catch on the teams. So <clears throat> did he get a did he get a shot? And, and when, when they drafted Mac Jones, it was just a matter of time. You know, uh, I felt like they were just looking for a reason to get rid of Cam because you can't have – if Belichick believes in Mac Jones – Okay, fine, but you can't have Cam sitting in the wings because as soon as Mac Jones has a three-interception game, the New England media is going to kill that team and everybody's going to be looking for Cam. You don't want Mac Jones looking behind his back the whole time in practice, in the game, wondering if he's going to get – if this is, you know, the next mistake he makes, is he going to get pulled for Cam Newton? You can't have that. So it's just, uh, it's just the way the NFL – there's other factors that I won't bring up that I don't have the energy to talk about. Um, but I think I'm 50-50 on Cam, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. <clears throat> Just based off your last question, I think these teams are going to move forward yeah. as like, hey, if you're not vaccinated, we're not signing. And it's like, no, who, who's going who's gonna to complain? Who, you know, the majority of people on board to get the vaccine is a few that have other beliefs and, and, you know, would rather wear a mask and take their chances. But, you know, I definitely think that's going to have something to do with it. 100% agree. Uh, the honey y'all alchemist is in the text window. That was a good decision and he needs to go to Dallas. A lot of people are calling for Cam to go to Dallas. So I think he'd fit there. Um, question number three. We're going to stay in the AFC East and talk about your Buffalo Bills. Now, you have a certified preseason MVP candidate. Every discussion when they say who's going to be the MVP this year, Josh Allen's name has come up. And he has progressed very well over the last three seasons. Now, you have... A whole new, well, uh, new additions to your receiving core. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You got uh, Isaiah McKenzie. Of course, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. You still have uh, Dawson Knox at tight end, along with Reggie Gillum and Tommy Sweeney. Offensive line has gotten a little bit better. Defense has bulked up a little bit. If you had to choose right now, right here, right before the start of week one, 17 weeks, I'm sorry, 18 weeks, 17 games. Where do you have Buffalo finishing? Oh, this is um uh, this is gonna be a first time since the inception of this show where as a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, I can go in that team is one of the win the AFC. And that feels good. Damn I'm good to say that. Um I looked at the schedule. You got Titans, the Chiefs. Um, I'm not, and I don't. I don't want to say this to to be arrogant, but I'm not worried about any team other than Kansas City and the AFC. I'll say that again. I'm not worried about any team if we're healthy. Our biggest thing last year was a lack of a pass rush. Um, I did not like the way the offense played in the playoffs. I felt like the defense carried us in the playoffs. I felt like the offense got kind of 
gunshot, you know, whether it was the big lights or whatever. And that's something Josh Allen going into the season. Yes, he's an MVP candidate. There were uh, unusual circumstances last year. We've seen a lot of players in the NBA and the NFL play different when there wasn't fans there. So now that these fans are coming back, um, I want to see if he can hold that, if that candle will stay lit. I want to see if that candle will stay lit with the fans back, with 90,000. With ninety thousand opposing fans, I want to see if that's if that if he can you know I, I think he can. Uh, I was talking to our other junkie Gary about is he a superstar yet? I think he's on the cusp of superstar. He still I think this year will put him into the superstar realm. Like he doesn't belong on the same shelf with Mahomes and Brady. He's not there yet, or Aaron Rodgers. You know he, he's not there yet. No, you know, MVPs, um, he, he still has something to prove, which is great, which is, which is great. Um, but I, I'm, if I'm a batting man with a healthy Buffalo Bills team, Josh Allen being even better than what he was last year with a receiving core, they added Emmanuel Sanders. Um, which is, you know, they had the camaraderie, they had the, the chemistry. I'm setting the win total at 12 and a half. Um, you know, and, and, and here's the thing, too, that's going to be different for Buffalo, that they're going to have to to play with a target on their back. Because now, the last year, they've been propelled to be the big boys that one of the big boys in the air. It's a couple of big hitters in the AFC: Titans, the Ravens, and Buffalo. Um, Cleveland, I don't put them up there with the big boys. Uh, neither do I do Pittsburgh. I'm trying to think: what if I am I missing another AFC team that that could be, you know, playoff contention? Katie, like, help me out. I don't think I am. AFC, no. I mean, that's the big four right there. Baltimore, yeah. And and like I said, you know, I know know who's on Buffalo Bills up. Tennessee, uh, Baltimore, Kansas City. I already said, yeah. So those, those are the big hitters right there. And, you know, I know somebody said it's a little bit premature arrogance. And I, after those three teams, I'm not worried about nobody else. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. Um, Cleveland, to me, is a dynamic team. Really good offense, really good defense. They're super inconsistent. So they're where Buffalo was a, a season or two ago, or two seasons ago. They have to prove they can do it on a consistent basis. They, have, they still have to prove that they can get out of their own division. So that's why I say I'm not worried about Cleveland. If you can't get out of your own division, you can't talk to a team that was in the AFC Championship last year projected to basically clean their division out. I, I You know what I'm saying? I, that's just where I am. Tennessee's probably going to win their division, more than likely. Kansas City's going to win their division. And Baltimore's going to win their division. 
like you know what I'm saying? It, you know, you know, Pittsburgh's always in the talk in the mix. Cleveland, really good run last year. Um, but I'm for wins, KG. I, I I'm gonna set it at twelve. I'm setting it at twelve and five. That sounds so odd. Twelve mm-hmm. and five. But it's a couple of big games on that schedule. Kansas City game, FC rematch. That we got the, the donkey shit beat out of us. Um, Tampa Bay, an old nemesis that Buffalo has got their ass kicked for twenty years when he was in the AFC is Tom Brady. And a Tennessee game where Tennessee Beat us last year, so these are these are the big boys that Buffalo has to come out and prove themselves against. They have to prove themselves against these teams, like like the Jets, the Patriots, the Dolphins, um, whoever else is on the schedule. These are these are teams that you have to beat. You have to beat these things. It's, it's not a, it's not an if and or but. It ain't you know, maybe. You have to beat these things. We got the Steelers first up. I'm not worried about the Steelers. They got to come to Buffalo. I'm not worried about the Steelers. Um, we got your squad week three to come to Buffalo. Um. The Chiefs is uh, like week five. That's this game I have circled. Right after the Chiefs, guess what we got? The Titans. Buccaneers mm. in December 12th. So we got some – I'm not saying that's a, it, we got a cakewalk schedule, but we got, some, we got some teams on this schedule. We got the Jags with a new quarterback. We got the Jets with a new quarterback. We got uh, a second-year tour with the Dolphins. Like when you when you talk about a, the caliber team that we're supposed to be, these games are supposed to be W's. And it's the NFL. I understand anybody can win any Sunday. That's how it is. You know, it's just how it is. It's like that Arizona game last year. We had one, and the the Hail Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. We lost that game. Anything happened, but I'm 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 penciling us in at twelve and five. Now, is that going to be good enough to win the AFC? I don't know. Because Kansas City is still Kansas City. Tennessee got Julio Jones. You know, that's a whole nother show because he still got Ryan Tannehill throwing in the ball. So it's just like it's like you have two gold bars running on the sideline and you have a bronze medal throwing it towards. It's going to equal out. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, um, but 12 and 5 is where I'm going to put my mark for the Buffalo Bills on this 21-22 season. Okay. And the 100-yard alchemist uh, chimed in. I think you counting books that you won't win. I don't know. I look at Buffalo a lot. Uh, it's going to be some tough games, but 12 and 5 seems reasonable. A 100-yard a alchemist, if you're still on here, who who's your squad, man? Answer me that. And KG, you, you got how many? You got another question for me? Yeah, I got one more. Oh, okay. but I got a, I got a, I got two more. But first question: We supposed to get into this last week? New England, oh. of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, look, I love it. 
look, I I have no hate against New England. They they've been running that division, and I think they read too. And before we get to the next question, you know, I just want to show you that. Look, yeah, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but I'm a real football fan. They they read too. They got their quarterback of the future. They still got top, depending on who you talk to, top three to five coach in the league. And that man knows football. And man, that's that's still if he gets that going, that's Tom Brady 2.0 sitting there. I'm like Mac Jones. You know, and and if Bill didn't feel like he was his type of guy, he wouldn't have cut Cam. If he didn't, you got to realize he's been looking at greatness for 20 years with Tom Brady for damn near 20 years. So if he didn't realize what he saw at Mac Mac Jones and like, I I, I got something in this kid, he wouldn't have cut Cam. So Mm -hmm. not right New England off, but I think for the first time in – since 99, it's a Buffalo squad there that has a legit franchise QB of all poor receiver, a defense that is a pass rusher away from dominating games. So when I say not worried about New England, New England is in rebuilding. Yeah, New, New England is in rebuilding, and there's nothing wrong with re- rebuilding. Buffalo been rebuilding for 20 years. I would love to be in your position where, you know, you're talking about the amount of championships y'all won and now y'all are retooling. And y'all are not retooling to the point of being three and 14. Y'all are, y'all are still could be, if, if this team gets on a high street and, and maybe take a last playoff spot like that, like that type of retooling is, is you know what I'm saying? That's what every fan wants. You know, my my team has been retooling for 20 years to be seven and nine, eight and eight. You know, have to have a a miracle Baltimore. Uh, I mean, a miracle Cincinnati play against Baltimore to get in the playoffs. So, now nah, much respect to New England. You know, but I just it's 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 just good to say it's our time. Like, that's our division to lose if we're healthy. That's what I'm saying. KG, what's that mm-hmm. last question, man? I love it. We were supposed to talk about this about a week and a half ago when this dropped. NFL Top 100. We both oh, yeah. we both looked at this and said, who the hell picked this? This is just all wrong. Uh, your guy, Tredavious White, who is – I, if I'm not mistaken, top three corner in the league. Where did he rank? Hold on. He ninety seven. Was it ninety seven? I want to say it was like ninety seven, man. Cole, no, he was ninety five. Cole Beasley was ninety six. Okay. Brandon Sheriff of my squad, Washington football team, was ninety eight. Who was one of the top three guards in the league? Um, but your thoughts on the. NFL top 100 as a whole because I know you had a lot to say about that. And, and I'm going to do it as a whole because that's a whole that's a three hour show just us going back and forth talking who should be on here who who didn't make it. But when you have players coming in at the 90s and I'm glad you pointed out what Brandon Sheriff was. When you have players that are considered top three in their position 
coming in the 90s in the top 100, that's a problem. And it, remi- it really makes me rethink my stance on the, the writers shouldn't have all of the say getting players into the Hall of Fame. Because the, the, I, I believe the top 100 is voted on by the players. So if this is voted on by the players, like this is, is just, it's just, it's just head scratching to look at where some of these players land. Like you have Ryan Tannehill sitting at 83. So Ryan Tannehill isn't a top 10 quarterback in the league, but you have a top three corner, a top three guard in the 90s. That's, that, it's just like as a whole, like I guess this is the fun part of sports where you can debate this. But the whoever the, the players that voted on this, man, I, I maybe I don't know, man. I, bro, I, I just don't know. It's 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 uh like James Bradbury, the cornerback for the Giants is 74. He's not mentioned when you talk about the top corners. You, you, nobody says he's he's a good corner, but you 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 put Buffer Run Gilmore, the boy from Green Bay, I can't remember his name. So Davius White, and it's, it's it's another somebody else I remember, but it, James Bradbury isn't in that conversation. So how is he twenty one spots ahead of Tredavious White? And then I believe I want to say in the top is it the top ten or the top twenty? There are no offensive linemen. Is it the top ten or the top twenty? They're definitely not the top ten. Uh, I'm going through the top 30 now. Um, bear with me. 30 is Aaron Jones, the running back from Green Bay. Julio Jones is 29. Devin White, 28. DeForest Buckner, 27. Nick Chubb, Bobby Wagner, Lamar Jackson, 24. Khalil Mack, DK Metcalf, Fred Warner, 21, right? I'm going to 20 through 11. Dalvin Cook, Buda Baker, Deshaun Watson, Xavier Howard, number 17. Miles um, Garrett, Tyreek Hill, Alvin Kamara, Jalen Ramsey, Russell Wilson, and Stephon Diggs round out the 11. So there are no offensive linemen in the top 30 of the top 100. That is a joke. That is an absolute joke. That are, you're telling me that the linemen that are out here, none of the the the, the caliber like, like I mean, just it, nobody is. It's kind of the disrespect. Special teams getting the Hall of Fame. It's no linemen in the top thirty of the NFL top one hundred. Let this just let that sit with you and just think about that. Just think about what that means, that there are no linemen, offensive linemen, in the top 30. So that's a that that's one of the worst top 100 lists I've seen come out. I don't know how long they've been doing it, KG, but that's one of the worst. Now, you mentioned Stephon Gilmore. He was ranked, I think that's at 47. He was ranked number nine last year. I always consider Stephon Gilmore – 
one of the top corners in the league. You know, when you see him on one side, you're not I'm not looking at that side to throw. I'm not going to try to force it. So how do you go from top 10 to 47? And and depending on who you talk to, he's one or two. When you're talking about corners in the league, you're talking about one or two. One or two bumper run Gilmore. And you said, what is he? Number 47 out of 100. Yeah, that's (laughs) – man, look. (laughs) And I – you know, I got a love-hate relationship with Bumper Run because he was a Bill, you know? And, he, you know, hey, I, and I love him because he was a Bill. I hate him because he went to the Patriots. But I understand why they went to the Patriots. You want to win. I just sat here and told the 100-yard alchemists, we, you know, we, we've been in the dumps for the last 20 years. I can understand, like, look, man, I'm going to win. I don't want this, this, this whole, you know, spend your career, be loyal to a, 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 a franchise that can't get their head out their asses. That's over with. That's over with. You know, I, I want to win. I came to the NBA, the NFL, to win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, forty. Yeah, I, I, that's it's just crazy. NFL Network, you should be ashamed of yourself. I, put, y'all should put the players that voted on this on blast, so we can know who they are. And if y'all want a real list, we can put something together for y'all. Most definitely. I mean. The Sideline Junkies, the network of other podcasts that we have around us, listeners. I'm sure we could put together a way better list than this with no biasness at all. But now, one thing I, I do feel that they got right, and that's Aaron Donald. That's probably the only thing. Everything else is debatable, but number one has got to be Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's he's, he's a dominant force. He's Anytime you get double, triple, quad team, you, you like when, you know, it just is what it is with him. You know, number one, I mean, you could have, you know, maybe put – nah, I don't think you could. He's just dominant. Right now, out of out of all the positions, nobody is as dominant as he is for what he does. Nobody. It's just not – it's not even close. Like, Patrick Mahomes get hot. Brady get hot. Um – Man, you know what? And just to switch subjects real quick, when we talked about Brady going to the Buccaneers last year, who did I pick to win the Super Bowl? I want to say you picked Tampa Bay. I think you I picked think, the Super Bowl winner. I picked Tampa Bay because I and I said that Brady just needed time to get under that 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 his timing down with the receive the new receivers and the offense he had. I just want to say that because it feels good to be be right about that. I just hear he needed time to get that down, get Bruce Arians scheme down, get the timing down with Mike Evans and Godwin and all those boys. And he got a a, a whole different Gronkowski back, a leaner, slimmer Gronk that you know they had to work on their timing again. And once he got going, he got going and I and I say that because when Brady gets going, he's dominant. He's unstoppable. When Mahomes gets going, you know, but these guys aren't being touched. You're talking about a guy lining up against other three hundred pound men, getting double teamed and still wreaking havoc in your backfield. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a different type of dominant. So yeah, shout out that they definitely got number one right for sure. 
my boy Stefan Diggs, I believe he was 11. Uh, I forgot where Josh Allen is on the list. I think he's tight. I know he's top 10. I just forgot where he was. Um, so it's good to see some Buffalo Bills make it on there. I think it's four total for the first time in a long time, you know, to be that high. So, yeah, uh, Josh Allen was number 10. Okay. Okay. That's fair. After being ranked number 87. So he's made leaps and bounds of strides <laughs> in the last few seasons. So that's really, really good. Hey, man, I'm telling you, like, man, you talk about it all the time. When it, when the NBA did the bubble last year and all those players got to play with the heckling of the fans without that pressure of being in somebody else's gym in a game six or elimination game, you're not hearing fans. It's a whole different atmosphere from when that switch gets flipped on and now it's 16,000 fans screaming at you or you going to New York in which – you know, Atlanta did have a problem with, but you're going to Madison Square Garden with the organ playing and, and fans screaming at you versus no fans screaming at you. It's a big difference. And that's why I said it's going to be a big difference this year because players got comfortable with no fans. And now you got to come back to fans screaming at you, even your home team fans. Mm-hmm. Buffalo just had, I, I don't was it the Bears game? Um, crowd noise related delay. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, they they itching to get back. They you know, you took you took Buffalo Bills fans out the stadium for damn near a year. They got back for the playoffs. That was only sixty seven hundred, I believe. So now you get to have all of them there. They ready and they got a winner. The first year in a in a while they get a winner that that bully their way into the playoffs and you can't be there at full force as fans. Now you can be there. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome season, man. I can't wait. I'll be uh, making sure I'm in front of my TV watching my bills, man. Well, that's good to know. Uh, now, this is not the, the 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 last time you'll hear the hot seat because coming up tomorrow for the Thursday night throwdown, we got the Olympic correspondent, Lady C, has agreed to take a day off from work and come sit on the hot seat. So please look out for that. But as of right now, to the boss, BJ, you are officially off the hot seat. I appreciate it, man. I, I know I got a thick-ass butt, but, you know, <laughs> I can only handle so much. Ah, man, it, it was it was great just being able to sit back and, and, and ask you questions and, and just listen. You know, normally we just go for it and we talk and we, 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 we express our feelings and everything. But sitting back, just listening to what you had to say. And that that felt really good because I I just wanted to hear you gush about your bills and how you feel because I did my time. It's your turn. And you did the damn thing, sir. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, And before we get out of there, two things in the text text window. Um, Honey Yard Alchemist says, we like to call the Bucks the second string Patriots. And there's nothing wrong with Gronk. He faked the whole injury because he was tired of the Patriots. I can believe that. I believe he was. And then Lady C says she feel a sore throat coming. Don't worry about that. We we got something for that. Don't worry about it. We got something for that. So she'll be oh, here by hook or by crook, sore throat. She better let her. She better let her voice thaw, thaw out. But she'll be here tomorrow. So, but that's it for all we got tonight. Um, 
that's all our time. Uh, man, hell of a show went by too fast, but hey, we got to do what we got to do. Um, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Wednesday, wind up live, a.k.a. the hot seat. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace.